This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Takes the snap. Rodgers pressure. Snap! Down he goes. Ducks under Khalil Mack. And that's a sack. Mack with the sack. Aaron Rodgers goes down. Snap from center. Takes turns. Giving to Herbert on the cutback. Looking for the end zone. He plows in for the touchdown. Touchdown Bears. And the early lead on the Green Bay Packers. Snap back to field. Leaving the pocket. Sets to reset the throw. Lobs it deep down the field into the end zone and is intercepted. Darnell Savage playing center field and no flag on that. What we thought could be a defensive penalty and it is intercepted by Savage. He threw it up there hoping somebody's going to run to the ball. It, it's a guy, Kenny Clark was in the neutral zone. And I mean, and, and that's what Justin was taking advantage of. Well, I Come don't on. see you. I, don't I, see I know, neither do you. I. No, no, there was no flag on the field, right? Right. Third down and goal for Green Bay. Motion, Jones. He'll fake it to him. He pitches it ahead, and it is in for the touchdown to Lazard. They faked it to Jones, the shovel to Lazard, and the Packers an extra point away from tying the game with 9.59 to go on a one-yarder. Packers are coming on the snap. Good protection till it starts to close, and they yank Justin Fields down. He stays on his feet. Now he's going to sling the ball out of bounds on the near side. Pressure came, and Cody Whitehair was doing his best to try to stop it, but that could not happen. They're going to say sacked out of a field goal range. Snap from center. Play fake, quickly setting up. Rodgers bouncing, looking, looking left. Goes short to Jones. Stiff arms away. Gibson 10. Left five into the end zone for the touchdown. Broke the tackle of Gibson with a stiff arm and a good one. And the Packers extend the lead to 16-7 with six minutes to go. Third quarter at Soldier Field. Snap back to Justin Fields. Stands in the pocket. Surveys. Slings it. Right side of the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown Bears. It's Darnell Mooney. Quick snap. Rodgers looking left. Rodgers sliding left. Pressure by Mack. Moving right. On the run. Keeps it at the five. And he goes into the end zone. He's popped at the goal line on the play by Eddie Jackson. But he's in for the touchdown. Aaron Rodgers on the scramble inside of six yards. One more knee there for Aaron Rodgers. And now the handshakes and congratulations as they come to midfield and give their goodbyes. The Green Bay Packers retain possession of first place, beating the Chicago Bears 24-14 here at Soldier Field.
And now it's time for the scores post post game show with Anthony Heron and Olin Krutz on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Welcome in to the Bears post post show post 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 show the last post game show you'll have today will take you up to Sunday night football as you heard there through the highlights uh, the Bears end up losing tonight 24 to 14 they kept it close for a while it was 10 to 7 at the half Aaron Rodgers the run game the Packers defense ends up being too much for the Chicago Bears uh, with their young quarterback, their rookie quarterback, a rookie running back. Uh, thought the defense played well for a while. Uh, then the, the run game started to get on them. Devontae Adams broke free on Jalen Johnson once. Didn't like the effort uh, from him on that play. We'll get to that more. But where I want to start, and Big Ant is on his way. And again, I am only Cruz. We've got Brandon Fryer on the board, uh, taking us up to Sunday night football. Uh, where I want to start is in the offseason, Coach Nagy talked a lot about he needed to find uh, multipliers. He needed to find guys, leaders on offense who made guys better. And I'm, from my point of view today, when I watched the young guy Justin Fields play quarterback, I thought they found a guy. I, I thought they found a leader out there. Uh, loved his drive. I think it was in the third quarter where he went five for five took the Bears down the field, scored a touchdown, even after the suspect holding call uh, on Sam Mustafer. I, I thought that he, they rebounded well. Uh, they got the ball in the end zone. He hit Cole Komet in the middle of the field. It's good to see Cole Komet come alive. The Bears need a third option, especially a guy in the middle of the field. Uh, Allen Robinson then hit Mooney for the touchdown, and I just thought his leadership in that moment of that game was huge for the Chicago Bears and kind of what they're looking for. Obviously, on offense, they continue to struggle to put points on the board. Uh, the coaching staff, I, I think the, the, the magnifying glass is on them now. It's on them to find ways to get this ball in the end zone. Young rookie running back Khalil Herbert, uh, this undermanned offensive line now on there. What would be with Larry Barome out, Tevin Jenkins out. Jason Peters was fishing. He's playing left tackle. Uh, you know, now they got Elijah Wilkinson. Afedi is out. They got Elijah was at right tackle. The offensive line uh, provides a run game. And, and that's where my question starts. It starts with Coach Nagy and his staff telling us for years that the problem with the offense was they had no run game. They had to get the run game going. And my argument has continued to be that even when they run the ball, they struggle to score points. And averaging 16.3 points a year this year, they are, again, struggling to put the ball in the end zone. Now, I know they don't have a lot of dynamic players out there. Uh, they're trying to get Mooney, uh, trying to get take the top off the defense with Darnell Mooney. Uh, Allen Robinson is a good possession receiver, very good receiver, but it's not somebody you would call dynamic and or explosive. Tariq Cohen is still injured. They might have found a young guy, Khalil Herbert, today, but this offense just can't put points on the board. Usually, no matter the defense they're going against, if it wasn't for that short stretch last year where they did put up points against the worst defenses in the league. But usually, when they come across a defense that is playoff-worthy or a playoff contender, they are averaging under 18 points a game, and that continues to be a really, really big problem. So we're all going to watch how this offensive staff 
develops a kid. I thought today, man, when I watched him out there, I thought his leadership, I thought he was what Coach Nagy was talking about in the offseason. I thought he was a multiplier. I thought he made guys better. Some people may not like his post-game press conference. I loved it. I loved that he was not happy about some of those questions. I loved that he said, look, I need to get better. This starts with me. I need to play at a higher level. I need to outdo that quarterback on the other side. And I'll tell you this, from my point of view, when I was watching him talk, he may have said this is not about me and Aaron Rodgers. But I'll say this, he looked like he felt like it was about him and Aaron Rodgers, that he needed to outplay Aaron Rodgers for the Chicago Bears to win that game. And he basically said, my team needed more from me to win this game. And and that, to me, uh, speaks a lot about this young man and what he's about. And he may be the kind of guy they're looking for. My question is, is Bill Lazor, is John DiFilippo, is Coach Nagy the guy to develop this young quarterback and take this talent to the level that he needs to be at and provide him with the plays and the options and the opportunities to get the ball in the end zone. I didn't like the fact that there weren't a ton of screens or draws on third downs. I didn't like the fact that they sat him in the pocket. I didn't like that if you run the ball for five yards a carry, you should have plays designed off of those runs that take the top off the defense. I did not see enough of that. I'm sure they, they sprinkled some of that in, but it just wasn't creative enough for me. And we talked about in the pregame show with Patrick Manley and, and Mully that I thought they should design some off-schedule plays for him. I mean, force him to come out of that pocket and almost run a scramble drill so you got this play for this quarterback that that's what he's good at, that he can get the ball over the top of his defense. So I like that from the offense. Obviously didn't like that they didn't score points. Obviously didn't like that, you know, he threw that interception. He didn't know that they didn't throw the flag. Coach Nagy told us in a postgame presser that that's hard to see. I think he'll learn from that. Didn't like that he took sacks to get them out of field position. But but the great thing for me is in his postgame press conference, he admitted to all that. And he said that I need to do better for my team and I need to get, keep us in position to score points. If they get a field goal there and kick it off, it's still only a one-score game. So he'll learn from that. Uh, as far as the defense, uh, kept them in the game. Uh, Robert Quinn, man, he continues to be. This guy is an animal off the edge. If you can watch his effort, put him up on the screen in your team room and say, guys, this is what we need to win football games. He is getting off the ball. He is attacking the quarterback. He is chasing plays down the field. Uh, he's showing up even when the ball is 15, 20 yards down the field, showing up on the pile, making tackles. So that guy right there is a great example of what you want on defense, and that leads me to the play where um, Adams gets catches the ball and Jalen Johnson looks like he's jogging on that play. I'd like to get uh, – I'd like to get a reason from him on why he was jogging on that play. I got to ask him why. Why are you jogging out there? Uh, why aren't you giving max effort to try to get Devontae Adams on the ground? We know you got beat off the line of scrimmage. This guy is considered the best wide receiver in the NFL. We know that you got beat off the line of scrimmage. Now turn around and make the damn tackle, right? And we do expect a lot from the defense. We do. Uh, uh, they have, you know, 80% of salary cap or whatever it may be on that defensive line. Uh, they got after Aaron Rodgers, didn't cause any takeaways, but that run game was a problem. 
And, and heading into Tampa Bay, they got to get that short up. Uh, they went to Nickel a lot, Bilal Nichols. I'm wondering why he's on the field instead of Eddie Goldman. Uh, maybe they don't think Eddie Goldman's in shape yet, so they only got Eddie Goldman in, in regular. I'd rather see Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman out there. Obviously, losing uh, Jeremiah Tachu hurt them in depth-wise. Uh, I, I thought they should have suited up Tonga today. I thought that showed up. We asked Mark Grody about that in the pregame. Why isn't Tonga suited up today? And I thought that caught up to them at the end of the game. But we will take phone calls here, uh, get your guys' opinion on what you saw out there. So we'll go to Brian from Wisconsin. What's Hello. up, Brian? How's it going, man? Hey, good. Hey, uh, first thing, uh, real quick, I, I love you guys. Um, <laughs> Olin, I <laughs> As a Packer fan, I have to say this. You are a stone-cold SOB, and I love you. Um, real real quick, though, uh, like I told the call, uh, like I told the screener, I was really worried coming into this game with our defense being as decimated as it was. I thought after the first series, you guys came down. Herbert, he, you guys got to find in him. He is a good running back. I think he's with with him and Montgomery. You guys are set for the next couple of years. You guys should be good. Um, you know, all you guys needed to do was to keep Rodgers off the field, keep throwing to Robinson, Mooney, Komet. I don't care if they're ten yard passes; it doesn't matter, and keep running the ball. Mm-hmm. And after the first scoring drive you guys had, you you, you stopped. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. I, I don't understand why you did that. Yeah, thank, thanks for the call, Brian, man. And you're right. They, they did have a fine in Khalil Herbert. This kid is running the ball. Uh, I thought he hit the hole well today. I thought he pressed the line of scrimmage a little bit harder. Talked to Thomas Jones earlier in the week, and he was talking about the, the rookie running backs have to press the line of scrimmage, that they have to get there so they bring the, the linebackers up on the line of scrimmage and then they can cut back. A lot of times they cut back a little too early. Uh, as far as the Packers' defense, they, their two starting cornerbacks were out. Zadarius Smith, their best pass rusher, is on IR. But the Chicago Bears don't feel sorry for them because, look, they have two running backs out. They're basically on – I don't know, they're 55th tackle. They have, they have tackles injured all over the place, so it was a good matchup. But to Brian's point, bigger point, uh, the Packers team may be better the next time the Chicago Bears see them. They may have one of the best left tackles in the league back, Bakhtiari. They'll have Jari, maybe Jair Alexander back, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Uh, they could have Kelvin King back, their other cornerbacks. So they did have all those guys out, but so did the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears did play well for about a half. They did play well for about a half. They kept it 10-7. to seven. Uh, Then they got it close again to 17-14 to 14, uh, late there in the second half. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers continues to make plays, continues to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, and they end up beating the Bears. Uh, let's go to Paulie in Lake Geneva. Paulie, what's hey, up, Owen, man? Nice You're on nice with uh, Olin Krutz and Big Ann Haran. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Mm-hmm. A couple quick points, if I may, then I uh, I appreciate your responses. Um, Packers could have won today with one arm tied behind their backs, okay? They're they're loafing it this week. They're loafing it next week. Then they have two tough games after that. 
One of them is the Chiefs, which makes it even more embarrassing as a Bears fan because Nagy is in way over his head. You could tell at the press conference, not only has he lost the team, he's lost his confidence. I don't think he has any respect. 25-yard out passes with a rookie quarterback. Paulie, thanks for the call, man. I I don't know if he's lost his team as of yet, Mm. Big Ant. Um, I I thought the team fought for him in Oakland. Uh, Obviously, you start to worry about an offensive coach with a team that can't score points. You start to worry about that after a while, Big Ant. But as far as him losing respect, as far as the Packers winning with one arm tied behind their back, uh, I didn't see that today. I, I saw eventually a Hall of Fame quarterback that you worried so much about that the run game finally caught up to the defense. And then the offense, Big Ant, love to get your opinion on this, just the fact that they can't put the ball in the end zone, no matter no matter the quarterback, no matter who's on the field, no matter the receivers, no matter the old line, just can't score enough points to beat teams. Uh, what is it now? Tw- out of I, I think the number I saw on Twitter, and I'll, I'll credit the person who I saw tweet it once I find it in a moment, but I think it's now 27 games uh, under Matt Nagy that the Bears have scored 20 points or less, and that's – that's not what you look for to get it done in modern football. Yeah, it was actually, uh, I got Jason Leisure, 27th time mm-hmm. the Bears have scored 20 or fewer points in a game in Matt Nagy's 56 games, mm-hmm. including playoffs, as the head coach. So, I mean, the, those are what the numbers are. That mm-hmm. That's just the tangible evidence of what this offense has been. Now, in evaluating what the what the process portion of it is, what I saw schematically today I, I liked it. I mean, I think last week, and, you know, obviously you and I haven't gotten to do this show in a couple of weeks here, but I like the fact that where last week, because of the way the defense was completely shutting down the Raiders, the Bears didn't necessarily get into attack mode very much, hardly at all, in last week's game, and it wasn't really necessary. Whereas in today's game, and I talked about it throughout the week coming in, more attack would be necessary against the Packers' offense, even though, you know, offensive line is a bit depleted like you were talking about a moment ago. But you still got Aaron Rodgers. You still got Devontae Adams. You still got a great combination of running backs behind them. You know, just Matt LaFleur's system, especially with Aaron Rodgers as his QB, has been consistently effective sort of regardless of some of the other factors of their personnel. And I do feel like I saw more attack from the Bears' offensive approach. There was more vertical passing today. It wasn't, you know, all over the field. But I don't know that that's where Justin Fields is at in his development right now anyway. That approach, though, still didn't end up leading to points. We saw things that we've been talking about for years, and I think we saw some pocket movement. I think we saw some run-pass balance until you you got to the fourth quarter. And even in that point, early in the fourth quarter, we still saw them willing to call some run plays. That touchdown run from Khalil Herbert with the phantom holding call on Sam Mustafer, all those things Mm -hmm. look like they would have paid dividends. It still ends up with 14 points. So there Mm -hmm. are questions that still remain on that, but it, it doesn't speak to me to be any lack of effort from any of the players on the field. I see guys out there playing hard. I see, in some ways, competitive depth showing for a roster that's got some key members out of it, and they're still finding a way to make some plays. Yeah, it's great to hear a defense alignment talk about a phantom holding call. I didn't want to be the only one. (laughs) I didn't want to be the only one saying it today. Uh, We got to go to break, Big Ant. Uh, When we get back, we obviously want to hear your opinion on what you thought from Justin Fields today and then want to get to what you thought you saw from the Packers run game that took advantage of what the Chicago Bears defense was doing. No doubt, no doubt. 312-644-6767. You folks are already calling in and lighting things up. The Post Post Show. Big O, Ola Cruz, Ola Don. I'm Anthony here in the Chicago Sports Radio. 670 The Score.
And now, back to the post-post-game show with Anthony Heron and Olin Krutz on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. You know, Justin, uh, you know, the game that we went through today and, and where, we, where we were offensively with trying to get the run game going and then working some play passes, movements, and then the drop-back game, this is a really good one for, for him to be able to learn from and for all of us. You know that voice, that's Bears head man, Matt Nagy. After the game, here's the Bears go down 24-14 to the nemesis, the arch rival, the Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Rodgers on that last touchdown run where he puts the game out of reach, looking into the Soldier Field stands, yelling, I still own you, and all those things that folks are reacting to out there. I, I like to yell something. I won't say it on radio. but you know. <laughs> Yes, we are on radio. We'll call it a family show. Yeah, we will. Even though we, we will. We hey, hey, you know what I'm being at, too, like, don't say you blacked out some lady. Just play the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I can respect the fact that you screamed that, but don't try right. to bail it, bail on it by saying you blacked out and you're not this. Everybody knows. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. anyway you know. that, that is Aaron Rodgers. Yes. A, a future Hall of Famer in Olin Cruz talking about a future Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers. Those juices are flowing out there, and that is the record he now has at Soldier Field. But from a Bears perspective, and of course our, our discussions we have off air, we try to bring them on air at times where we can. We were talking specifically about this Bears offense and, and the conundrum that seems to be there where a, a game that seems, it, it feels like the staff is like, you know, I, I use when we do our word of the day, I think it was after last week's game against the Raiders where the word I used was identity because I felt like that was, that was the game where I felt like, you know what, this is the first time since Matt Nagy's been here as the coach, where I felt like everybody is on board with what the identity of this squad needs to be. And at that leaving that game, a game where it felt like there were moments in, in Vegas where it's like, all right, maybe there's another shot play on the board, or maybe they can try to get happy with the passing game, and they didn't do it. They stuck within the personality of what that matchup dictated, and they did it, and it led to a win, and they didn't necessarily put things in harm's way when they didn't have to. And in today's game, I thought, it was a concerted approach to have sort of a similar game plan, mix in a few more shot plays, and Justin Fields I thought was aggressive at some really noteworthy times. Some of those times didn't necessarily work out, obviously. Like towards the end of the first half, you're in range. I think it was on the 33-yard line. You're there in range to potentially have one of the hottest kickers in the NFL over the last couple of seasons attempt at least a 50-yard field goal. You come out of one of the, the breaks in action. They're reviewing things. You somehow get a delay a game, and you know Justin Fields tries to call a timeout there. Why timeout's even necessary there, that seems to still be up for discussion, but he tries to call the timeout. The officials don't see that. Delay a game happens. Sack happens. You're out of field goal range. So you go in trailing 10-7 to 7 as opposed to being tied at 10. You get the ball coming out first in the second half and then don't put any points on the board there either. There's some of those moments in the game that seem to turn the tide, especially when you're facing a veteran squad you know, like the Green Bay Packers or Super Bowl aspirations and the Hall of Fame QB and everything that they have going on over there. So I do think that it, it feels to me like the Bears are, are now trying to do the right things and it's still not leading to points. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a really odd thing to me because it feels like between Mooney and, and Robinson and, and the, the run game, the depth at running back, there should be more there. But for some reason, there's still not. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Big Ant, we talked about, you know, when we first started this show, uh, in, back in 2019, Coach Nagy started talking about the run game. And, and we have to get the run game going. And, and we've been saying for years, like, you just have to score points. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and look at their record when they're running their ball well, and 
how many points they score, it doesn't really equal points for them when they're running the ball well. And we talked about off air, me and you, sometimes when you have, when you're trying to run another scheme, you don't have the answers to all the questions, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't really know what plays to run when they're, when they're taking away your run. By that, I mean, what gets them behind? What play action should I run here? Uh-huh. Uh, what, what, okay, they're running cover six invert. Let me run this. I know what gets someone behind it. Yeah. I know how to attack this defense. And it seems to me that's what's missing with this offense. When I watch it from the outside in, like you can look back at the history of these offensive coordinators and our offense coaches that the Bears have. Bill Lazor, while in Miami, Dan Campbell fires him because he won't run the ball. Hmm. DeFilippo, while in Minnesota, gets fired from Zimmer because he won't run the ball. Mm-hmm. So you got all these guys in one building all of a sudden deciding, guess what, we got to be a run team, mm-hmm. right? So, so I start to wonder, okay, if I got all these guys who've never run the ball, do they really know how to design what they need <laughs> once they do? Now we have a running team. This is our identity, Big Ant. Do they really know how to implement what they need on offense? The answer so far has been no. Uh, 312-644-6767 and get to the phone lines in just one moment here. And, you know, far be it for me to to cape for anything on the Bears offense. We know how critical I've been of, of the scheme, of the play calling and things over the years. To be fair about some moments in the game today, like there was there was a moment where it, I think it led to Justin Fields uh, either taking a sack or having kind of a short game where he runs out of bounds where, where they show Allen Robinson breaking mm-hmm. open on a post route where, you know, Robinson is schemed open in that moment. And there, as Justin Fields is, is sort of evading the rush, running out to the left, maybe there's a defender within his vision where he can't quite get it to mm-hmm. Allen Robinson. But you got a receiver who's schemed open for at least a big chunk play, if not a touchdown, because it's Robinson kind of one-on-one with the defender who he's defeated. We've been talking screen passes here for years. Mm-hmm. There's a second and six where Justin Fields just kind of flips its sidearm to Khalil Herbert, where it looks like it's set up for a chunk play for a guy who's a kick returner by nature in space. He's got a couple of blockers out there. Probably the one mistake Herbert made in the game today, he drops that pass on a screen against a blitz that the Packers were bringing where that was schemed up seemingly for a chunk play. And another one where it was a, a bubble screen in the first half, they were running to Mooney. This is just kind of off rip off the top of my head. I'm just trying to, a few moments where it seemed like some chunk plays, who knows, maybe touchdown on the Allen Robinson play were schemed up by the staff, by Bill Lazor, by whom, by all the collaboration or whatever, that just the, to be fair, the execution of the players weren't necessarily there to whatever extent where it felt like an opportunity for big plays would have been there by what was schemed in the moment. And so just to, to sort of be fair to, to yeah, what we and, saw. And, and the Fields was asked about the Robinson play, mm. and he said he's not in the read. So they're running mm. naked. He's not in the read there. So really, Robinson is just running guys off, and they drop him. Lucky mm-hmm. for the Packers, he is not in the read there. But but like you're saying, obviously, this is a, not just a – this could be blamed on the players, and I would agree with you if not for there has been different players here. Uh-huh. Uh, you read the stat when you came in, the, the, how many games they've now scored under 20 points. Yeah. Right, so eventually, okay – if everybody's gone, Mr. Trubisky's gone, <laughs> right? Cordero Patterson's gone. Uh, Bobby Massey's gone. Charles Leno's gone. Jordan Howard's gone. And we're scoring the same amount of points. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's going to stop at your door. Yeah. And as someone needs to ask, guys, okay, every game we come out of, it's why haven't we scored more points? And if you put up when they play teams that you would call playoff teams, it's been really bad, yeah. right? They're, they haven't put enough points 
on the board yet. And so it, to me, it comes down to, okay, and, and look, rookie quarterback, rookie running back, although rookie running back looked great today. Hey, man. Uh, Khalil Herbert, the ball down. Those, they need explosive players. Big Ann, when's the last time you saw someone catch a slant and go to the house, <laughs> right? Or make a few guys miss. Yeah. Or like yeah. you're saying, like you'd like to see Khalil Herbert catch that screen and go to the house. But further, even further down the line is this. If when is the last time we saw besides Tariq Cohen? I think this is 2018. Years now, ago, man. Right, he caught the ball and went to the house on that screen. Right. We have right. just not seen it. We yeah. have just not. And I know what you're trying to say. That that look. There are sometimes their scheme, but eventually I gotta ask, man. I don't. I just. I haven't seen it in years around mm-hmm. here. And you keep saying going to this game. Where are the Bears gonna find points? Mm-hmm. Where are they gonna? They're gonna need to find points to beat the Packers because. Green Bay is going to score 24 points, even on a bad day like today. Even when the defense, you would say, plays all right, right? You would say they played all right today against yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah. 150 yards rushing. You'd like to see him hold up when it gets to 17 or 14. Right. Uh, you can't come out of the half and give up a touchdown to Aaron Rodgers. You're well-rested after the half. Mm-hmm. All that stuff comes into play, and that's a lot expected of the defense. <laughs> I know that. But the, the problem into the game was where were the points going to come from, and they didn't find any especially in some of those critical moments when they did respond to make it 17 to 14 defense gets an opportunity to take the field, shut the door on the Packers offense. And in response, the Packers drive, I think it was 75 yards for a touchdown. Let's take our final time out of this hour. Let's see the phone line still lit up there. We would make sure we get out there to folks like Chris and Patrick and Harder and, and some of these guys, or, or Matias Harder, out there on the phone lines. I think that's Jeff in Wisconsin. We'll get everyone involved in this discussion next, but Post-post show, Olin Cruz and Anthony Heron take our final time out of this hour, taking you up to Sunday night football coverage on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. You're listening to Chicago's number one sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. And Odyssey Station, WSCR and HD Chicago, WBMX HD2 Chicago. The Score! Scrambled for the touchdown at the end of the game. He looked into the crowd. And he said, "I still own you." Mm-hmm. Now, I'm you take exception to it. Do you look over the course of his career and say he's right? No, I just think uh, for us, we worry about what we do, and uh, you know, I didn't see any of that or, or anything like that. And for me, my biggest thing right now is just making sure that whatever we can do to get better and win every game, including Green Bay, we need to do it. And now back to more post post game show on the Score with Anthony Heron and Olin Krutz. Yeah, that moment stung a little bit at Soldier Field. Aaron Rodgers takes his record to 11-3 and at Soldier Field throughout his career as a starter for the Green Bay Packers. This is a post-post show here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Anthony Heron on Twitter at Big Ann Heron alongside the great Olin Krutz on Twitter at Olin underscore Krutz. Taking up to Sunday Night Football coverage here on The Score. That will begin at 630. Got the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. That'll be right here on The Score. And, of course, throughout Bears Monday tomorrow, you'll be able to hear Olin on with Mully and Hall. You'll be able to hear me on with Lawrence Holmes. And all day, all night, you will hear reaction to what we saw from the Bears today as they go down at home 
against the Green Bay Packers, 24-14. to We have been promising to get more out to the phone lines. So let us do that, as we have had Jeff, who's been out in Wisconsin on hold extensively. Let's hear a little bit from Jeff. You got Olin and Ant. What's happening, Jeff? Well, thank you very much for taking my call. I'm going to have a very long week around all the Packer fans. I've been a Bears fan almost. All right. Appreciate that, Jeff. We're going to move on from whatever was happening with that little uh, voice box or whatever you were doing there. You know what? I don't want Jeff to mess it up for everybody. We're going to try one more phone call because Owen and I both have a lot to say before we get to 630. But let's try another call here because a lot of folks have been on hold for a minute. Patrick is out on the northwest side. Patrick's been on hold for a minute. Patrick, what's up? This post-post show. Hey, what's going on? I, I, I just got back from the game, and I got to say, I am tired of watching 10 tacklers on the Bears defense because number four, Eddie Jackson, doesn't tackle. He let a 37-year-old quarterback beat him to the end zone. I'm tired of it. I watched him trying to grab the ball off the bear, off the Packer running back, getting pushed down the field like he was a wheelbarrow. It, it, I, I, it's all season long. I watched him. He's not a tackler. I'm tired of it. I don't know what he's worth in cap money, but I would be ready to sit him down. My second point was I listened to Olin on the way to the game, and he talked about that if you ran the ball on the left side of the Packers, you got seven and a half yards per carry, okay? If you ran it on the right side, you got like two and a half or three and a half per carry. And what does Nagy do on third and two? Go to the right side. Third and one, go to the right side. Why did they just run the ball to the left side the whole time? I, I, I was never more frustrated because I had heard what Olin said, and one of my favorite offensive linemen, meanest, nasty, I, I got to stop, you can't swear, but <laughs> offensive linemen, so he said it, to me it was like it came from the burning bush, okay, and then you watched it, when they ran to the left side, they crushed them, so I, I don't get it, they don't run, they, they don't consistently pound the left side, they stop doing it, and then Eddie Jackson, I'm sorry, the guy is not making plays, He's not tackling. He's he's not what it looks like. And I heard a guy from ESPN say, well, Eddie Jackson's making a lot of business decisions out there, which I took to mean like he ain't laying his body out. And you know what? When everyone else is laying themselves out, out there, you got to look at the other guy and say, whoa, come on, Eddie, get in there. You know, throw your body in there. Make a tackle. Yep, there's definitely that balance that, that you want because not every safety on the field, not every DB out there is going to be Jack Tatum. But Eddie Jackson, when there have been moments this season where Sean decides worked him in and around the line of scrimmage, we've seen him penetrate into the backfield, make some tackles for loss. But as far as just, you know, one of these thumpers who's just going to physically run the alley and intimidate people, that's never been Eddie Jackson. You look at those initial seasons of his career, though, he's been that takeaway magnet. He's been that guy through interceptions, through forced fumbles, fumbles recoveries, who's always been around the football. And we obviously haven't seen that to the same extent here in recent years. And so there is that balance where there are certain things, you know, obviously Deion Sanders is going to be the preeminent example as a DB, as a shutdown corner. Oh, yeah, Deion wasn't going to be a physical tackler, but you were going to get lockdown coverage. You were going to get somebody who's going to take the football away when the opportunity was presented. That's not who Eddie Jackson is, obviously. But as far as just being a productive member of this Bears defense, I think there's been multiple games in a row where we've seen Eddie Jackson show up Showing up with physicality, that that's not who he's been. That's not who we should ever expect him to be at this point. No, and, and I think the biggest problem people have with Eddie Jackson is, like you just mentioned, he was doing those other things. He got paid like he was doing those other things. Has he ever been a big tackler? No. Mm-hmm. But then you have to be doing those other things, and he has it. I don't think he has an interception now for 
two years maybe. Or, or, you know, he has to be causing fumbles, picking him up, scoring touchdowns. He hasn't done any of that, right? And like you said, Sean Desai has used him in interesting ways where three safeties on the field and they're bringing him in that B gap. And, and far be it from me why offensive linemen haven't started counting from him down there yet. But that's a whole other story, right? He's he's basically just playing linebacker down there, guys, uh, just counting him up. But um, if he doesn't – if he's not going to tackle, then he has to make those plays, right? And there's just been – too many instances of bad tackling. Just just not getting guys on the ground. And sometimes you see him going for the ball. He's trying to punch it out. He's trying to pull it out. I think they have him on tape at a Bears practice saying, we don't get paid to make tackles. You get paid to get turnovers. <laughs> and I'm good with that. <laughs> but then you better be – You, you got to get – you got to take away. And that's the problem and that's the frustration. And obviously the city of, of Chicago – uh, the the uh, Chicago Bears history, uh, Doug Plank, uh, Mike Brown, safeties who come down and hit you, physical style. There's a brand of football that they expect from their safeties. But but like you said, Big Ant, if you're waiting for him to turn into this thumping safety, uh, you're not going to get that. And just to the caller's other point, uh, I did not say that in the pregame. I appreciate him giving me some credit there uh, about running left and running right. I, I, I don't know if maybe it been um, Mully or Manley. I don't want to take their credit for it. Okay. It's a, it's a great right. point. Uh, I don't want to be the guy. Uh, you know, I, I, I know it's all, it all starts with me, though, on the pregame show. Of you know. course, right. I'm, I'm like Coach Nagy there. So. <laughs> You're the why Yo, for yeah, the pregame no, no, Everything You're starts with me, except for uh, when it goes right. bad. Please blame Mully or Pat. Don't, don't, don't blame. <laughs> I'm wondering, because there was something that I noticed throughout the game today where where we saw Jalen Johnson, he, he's been traveling with receivers a lot in, in recent weeks this season. It's not something we necessarily saw Vic Fangio doing, not something we saw Chuck Pagano doing, and now Sean decided his first year taking over this defense. He's shown that degree of confidence in Jalen Johnson. And, I mean, you know, overall, yeah, it a, by Devontae Adams' standards, not a huge game. Four receptions, 89 yards. Five targets in the game. This has got leaps and bounds beyond anyone else in the National Football League in targets coming into this game. Only five targets for Aaron Rodgers. Now, I believe there's multiple factors with that. Both offenses only ran 57 snaps of offense in the game. You know, it was a little clock management, time possession. Green Bay going to the rushing attack because they couldn't block the Bears early in the game. So you saw more run game mixed in. So overall, not as many just sheer pass attempts for Green Bay. Mm -hmm. But how many pass attempts they get, the vast majority of those have been going towards Devontae Adams. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are afraid of Jalen Johnson. No. But for Devontae Adams to come out this game with five targets, mm -hmm. that at least to me speaks to a level of respect for what he was doing in coverage while he's traveling with Adams because you rarely see them come out of a game where Adams is only getting five targets. That was something that stood out to me afterwards. Yeah, and and I'll be short on this because I'd like to hear your opinion on the defensive plan and scheme. But Jalen Johnson, to me, uh, from what I understand, he dropped in a draft because of injury problems. Right. Uh, since he's been here. Both shoulders. Yeah, both shoulders. Since he's been here, he's been great while on the field. His mm -hmm. only problem is staying healthy. Yeah. Right. When he's out there, and, and I, I listened to uh, um, during the week that he was on at a press conference, and I listened to the video, and when he spoke, he understands the game of football. He's playing a chess match out mm -hmm. there. And, and I heard why he is so good at football, the things he was saying. He was talking about, like, look, uh, Aaron Rodgers, sometimes to trick him, you play the coverage you show him because he expects <laughs> you to change, right? But just the, his understanding of answering the questions and the things he was saying, 
I left thinking that's a ball player. Yeah. And he plays like that. Uh-huh. And and I don't think anybody doubts that he can handle the best wide receivers in the league and he can travel with them. He struggled once today in the slot. Right. He's not a slot corner, right? right. So you, you would hope when you, they do move in the slot, you give him a little bit of help. Uh, I didn't like his effort on that play. You got to finish mm-hmm. the damn play. And I, and I almost yeah. even wanted, because I, I didn't see it as far as who he may have thought, because the, the, the 41 yard is He looked like he was about, frustrated, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But even then, and he'll, he's, a, he's still a young guy. Uh-huh. And look, I, he looks like the kind of guy when he talks, you can get in his face and say, look, no matter what happens, you finish a damn play, right? Right. But but more and his college coach was Kyle Whittingham, mm-hmm. a very sort of confrontational personality mm-hmm. as a coach, so he can be coached hard. You're, oh, you're definitely yeah. well, right no, about that. Listen, I have no complaints about Jalen Johnson and mm-hmm. his football. I have that one complaint today. Yeah, I, I didn't like that at all. I don't think anybody. Did. I don't think he probably likes that from himself because uh, he's kind of just cruising, cruising after he got beat at the line. And you like, like you said, Big Ant. Was there somebody that was supposed to be helping him, and he's frustrated during the play? <laughs> and we all learn, right? You know, a, a guard's supposed to help me, he doesn't, uh-huh. and I get mad, and the quarterback gets hit up while I'm <laughs> while I'm yelling at the guard, right? So I have to learn, like maybe I should finish my block instead of yell at the right. guard. So we all go through this of that. But I'm wondering from you, uh, what you saw today from Sean Desai? He they did take away the pass game. Uh, they were running games up front, confusing the offensive line, especially mm. when the center Myers went out. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Patrick goes to center. They had a uh, right guard, rookie right guard. He made some mistakes. But then all of a sudden the Packers go to the run game. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering from you what you thought you saw happen there to the Bears' run defense. I think as the Packers went to more and more run game, and especially where I felt like they had a bead on certain moments where the Bears were going to go to some movement, more in the second half than in the first half. Like there was a power play. They ran that got out the gate. I think it was the 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 one to AJ Dillon that went off for like twenty some yards or or more maybe. I don't remember the exact yardage. I'll check my notes. But but the Bears actually went with movement. They went slant towards the boundary, and you saw Roquan Smith and one of the safeties. I think it might have been Gibson come down towards the box, working opposite the slant because you're trading gaps up front with your hand in the dirt, and then the second and third level defenders will come and replace that as they try to replace that slant working towards. You had the puller coming around. Power play, they pick up Roquan there in the gap. Dylan makes a nice cut off of a nice cut off of it, and then he's into the second level before anybody knows what to do about it. And really, Jones and Dylan are both very difficult to bring down after they get some momentum going into the secondary. And that was one of the examples where the Bears did struggle to tackle Green Bay after they had some runners get out in space. And I thought there were a couple of examples of that where it felt like Green Bay started to get a bead, like when um sometimes it was Bilal Nichols more frequently. It was Eddie Goldman when they would be in a two-eye technique. And for those who don't know, two-eye is when you got that defensive tackle or an interior lineman who's an inside shade on the offensive guard. And they did a nice job, not just because sometimes the team will just allow the offensive guard, when you've got a defensive lineman inside of you, you'll just let that guard wall him off and just allow that to be enough and hope the, the running back can cut towards what is the B gap or the outside shoulder of the guard couple of times where the Packers offensive tackle still came down and sort of whammed that two-eye technique just to make sure they washed the pile enough. And Green Bay's running backs did a really effective job cutting off of that. So I felt like in the second half with the Packers run game, not only was there a more concerted approach just to run the football because they, they didn't seem confident early in the game they could pass protect after those initial series where they're just getting run off the field on third down with Mack and, and Quinn and guys getting to the QB. 
but also the way they schemed it up and how those blocking assignments were sort of deployed because of the alignment and in some ways the stunts at certain times that the Bears ran allowed Green Bay to get out of the gate. And so I was impressed whether it's LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers, you know, seeing things at the line of scrimmage, making some, some run game checks. I really thought they started to scheme the run game up and execute it at a higher level against that Bears front seven. Yeah, really interesting because LaFleur is a zone scheme guy, right? And mm. so is Stefanski. Right, so I'm going back to the Cleveland game now, and I notice I'm interested to see what you say about this. I notice that the side does use a lot of run stunts by his defensive yeah. line, yeah. which seems to slow down the zone game a lot. But Pretty both teams, yeah, but both teams went to the gap scheme, right? By gap, I mean they just come down. Everybody has their inside gap and they're walling things off. So Cleveland went to an outside counter gap, and they got big yards in the second half off of that. Now we see the second team now go to a gap scheme like you uh, said power when you said power it's gap zone and we don't have the time to go over that on the radio <laughs> but uh, a gap scheme just a different scheme where they can pick up those stunts where they're not they don't have to follow the guys yeah. and now they wall it off and a linebacker overruns it in there that backside a gap mm-hmm. coming out the back door so uh but Sean Desai is a young he's a defense corner so maybe eventually began I'm wondering can he try to time that can he change because mm. those guys Akeem Hicks Eddie Goldman Bilal Nichols. Now, a lot I saw uh, Bilal Nichols starting in nickel over Eddie Goldman, which is interesting to me. But Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, Raquan Smith, I think sometimes you can leave them and let them just play Let them just play their gap. Yeah. You know? And I think Desai has done, and his defensive staff have done a really effective job of rotating bodies up front. I was actually talking to, to Lance Briggs about this on Tuesday night at the, the Miller Lite uh, deal that we did out in West Chicago, and we'll do that again this coming Tuesday night, and while it's in my head, I should promote again that right now this is the Chicago Bears post-post show on 670. The score, we're taking you up to Sunday night football coverage. That'll be the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Seattle Seahawks right now. You got Olin Cruz and Anthony Heron on the Bears post-post show here on the score. But the way that they're rotating bodies up front defensively should allow you to be confident in the energy that it takes because a lot of times it takes a lot less energy to be on the move. Like Robert Quinn made a really spectacular tackle for loss where he basically went to a reduced alignment and then spiked towards the inside, just kind of pirated towards the inside. And you know, it was because, and, and Greg Olson talked about it a little bit uh, on, on the broadcast where the tight end is off the ball. So as opposed to the, the, you know, wide tight end being on the line and the wing being back, they sort of had a, a swapped alignment where the outside tight end was on the ball and then the other guy who was assigned to block Robert Quinn was off the ball. Quinn just knifes inside of him, puts his body into the gap. But that's Robert Quinn on the move. Robert Quinn isn't necessarily thought of as a guy who's just going to kind of post up at the edge and knock back the point of attack. But to call for that, to, to just allow guys in a static alignment to hit blocks maybe more frequently than we're seeing right now can try to alleviate some of these concerns right now we're seeing in the Bears run game because as much movement as there is, if you don't, get that immediate penetration. If that offensive line has that schemed up properly, then you're just sort of washing yourself and you're putting yourself at a disadvantage where the hole widens and you're making the life more difficult on the second, third levels of your defense. So I think they've done a really good job. And, you know, Khalil Mack's banged up. Akeem Hicks is mm-hmm. banged up. Other guys are banged up too. But now that Daniel Trevathan is, is healthy, you can rotate it inside linebacker. We've certainly seen a lot of different bodies within that front four or front five where I think they can trust them to just play sort of static techniques and hit blocks more up front as opposed to all the movement 
that we're seeing. We should get a couple of more callers here because we have had some folks on hold here for a while at 312-644-6767, the Post Post Show on the score. Chris is out in Evanston. He has been one of our frequent callers here, not only on the Post Post Show, but all around 670, the score. Chris, what's up? You got Olin and Ant. Hey, guys, what's going on? Uh, I just got to say, uh, I keep on hearing, you know, about how, how great uh, he is in the press conferences. All his answers are tremendous. I haven't seen a quarterback yet talk his way into a Super Bowl. And I can only go on what I see in the field. I just don't see a guy that's ready to face elite defensive pass rushes like we're getting ready to look at. Uh, I went and uh, looked at the schedule. I see three wins tops if you want to take a split with the Vikings, but they got elite pass rush. I think they right behind us in sacks this year. I just I don't see what the point is of keeping this defense together, like y'all say, with all this money on the defense. If we build it for the future and we're going to keep this guy out there, the season's over. We're not winning maybe but three more games the rest of the year. What's the point of keeping this team together when the defense is getting older? That's where all our money is. If we're going all in on Justin Fields, let's go all in on Justin Fields. Start getting trades, all these defenders, and start trying to build up your offensive lines and whatever offensive weapons you can get because I don't believe in the kid, but apparently this is where we're going. So let's get it done. All right. And I don't mind that one bit, Chris, a dissenting opinion because the the majority of what we hear about Justin Fields in this town up to this point is folks extremely excited about him. Even during the broadcast today, felt like Greg Olson didn't necessarily want to blame Justin in certain moments. Like the third and 15, I thought that was on Justin. I Mm -hmm. I did. I thought, you know, you're you're late in the game. You're you're trying to go into attack mode. But when it came down to it, like even Greg, you know, they came out of the commercial break and he had already telestrated. He only telestrated the three deeper routes, but there were safety valves available. Khalil Herbert was in the backfield. Jimmy Graham was at tight end. Graham runs essentially sort of a hook route. That was available. Now, you know, he wasn't scot-free open, but there was an opportunity there to try and fit the ball into him. Khalil Herbert ends up flaring out towards the wide side of the field. If Justin Fields wouldn't have run away and sort of run himself into that Kenny Clark sack, then maybe there's an opportunity to throw it somewhere. It wasn't only about that there were only deep routes available. It was a decision by Fields, who is young and even in college, held the football too long on occasion. Still see that sometimes. I do feel like I'm seeing development where there's more quickness, more rhythm to the passing attack and to just the immediacy of his reads and getting the ball out of his hands more quickly. But again, Chris, don't mind at all. You got your descending opinion. You are allowed to share it here on the score. I do not need to see Mitch Trubisky again. I don't need to see Andy Dalton again. I'm still no. excited about Justin Fields. What, no. what was your evaluation of Fields today? Well, uh, first, uh, Greg Olson, I thought the best comment he made was that he never liked to block the DNs. <laughs> I knew you were going to like that. And listen, I knew you were going to love that when he said that. And listen, all of Chicago said, we know, Greg. <laughs> I knew that was going to stand out to you when you heard that one. Uh, to Chris's point, though, uh, we understand, Big Ant, that the way this team is built and all the problems with it, right? We yeah. understand that uh, they've taken two shots at quarterback. We understand that they don't have a dynamic wide receiver and, the, you know, they have to redraft tight end and mm-hmm. receiver and Anthony Miller's gone and Kevin White didn't work. We, right. we understand all that stuff. Uh, right now we have Justin Fields. From what we've seen, uh, does he make rookie mistakes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the way he competes. He's got a long way to go because – the league still hasn't even adjusted to him yet. Mm. And the biggest thing for a quarterback is when the league adjusts to you and starts taking away what you like, can you adjust and then start, you know, everybody hits hits the wall at some point in the NFL because right. everybody, you get figured out. 
That's how everybody's spending so much time trying to beat you. Yeah. Coach Nagy, they have figured out in week 14 in 2018, it hasn't overcome it yet. <laughs> right? So it takes a long time. Uh, Coach Nagy's taking a little too long for their <laughs> offense. You guys start putting the ball in the end zone. But uh-huh. so far as trading guys away and trying to get picks, I, I, I'm not totally against that because you're right. You're not going to the Super Bowl this year. Right? So they got a problem there at Hallis Hall because they got people – that if they have a horrible season, might lose their job. Yeah. So they don't want we all we know all those problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't go over, over all of that. It's time now to see can they develop this young quarterback. You can't go back. This kid is the starting right. quarterback. And and you you almost agree with Chris. You almost agree with some of the stuff he's saying. Not almost, you do. Mm-hmm. And we've said all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But but right now, as far as this game and where we are, uh, you like what Justin feels, the way he competes on the field. You like when he says, I have to get better. You're saying he has to get better. So is he. Mm-hmm. He knows that he can't make the mistakes that you just talked about. Yeah. He knows, and he said, I didn't play well enough for my team to win. And stuff like that you want to hear. Now I want to see this staff put him in position to win. And like Chris said, eventually it won't be this year because uh, Tevin Jenkins has a back surgery. Larry Barome is still out. Mm. Uh, Fetty has a knee injury. Eventually you guys – Surround this kid with good young talent. Uh, Mahomes is not good by himself. Right. Right. He's got right. great players around. He's got the best tight end in the game. He's got the most dynamic wide receiver in the game. You know, uh, uh, Russell Wilson has DK Metcalf. Any guy you talk about, look at the weapons Tom Brady has. Mm-hmm. It's insane down there. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I like to hear what you thought about what you saw from Justin Fields today, also. I think that what I saw, especially, you know, the, the first drive of the game. You can obviously put that in a vacuum because it's the scripted portion of things. But what what stands out to me is that there there was the there was the errant snap where for whether it's a soldier field turf or whatever where Mustford doesn't get the ball up to him <laughs> and it's just dribbling back no, on the no, ground. You just uh, I've been there before, and look, you got to get the damn ball up. Mm-hmm. And people tell me down the side, like, only get the this the, <laughs> this and this happened, Olin. I won't use the words they use. Right. Get the ball to the quarterback, right? <laughs> okay, that's my job. I know. Right. Uh, it sometimes it just you're on a point of especially Soldier Field, and the ball is stuck in mm. the ground. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I can ask Sam, but I'm sure Sam. You know, I'll tell him you gotta get the ball to the quarterback, and he'll be like, "I gotta get the ball to the quarterback." <laughs> but when it comes down to it, sometimes there's extenuating circumstances. Whatever the reason was. They get a five-yard loss in the midst of a productive drive. And so now where they've had productive run plays going, multiple snaps with Khalil Herbert opening the game up, and then you get that five-yard loss on an errant snap, and now they have to go more pass because they're behind the chains. And then he threads one in, in there to Mooney to, to move the chains on, a, on an end cut. Then I think it was another third down where he lofts one with the touch over to Allen Robinson, over the outstretched hands of one defender before another defender comes in and, and Robinson goes up, makes a nice outstretched grab to high point the football near the sideline, and then it eventually leads to a touchdown run by Khalil Herbert opening the game up. Now, again, you know, even when Trubisky was here, we, we saw effective opening drives, but that was an example of a, a quarterback who, once the offense got set back by a five-yard loss, while you're in what's still that scripted portion of the game, I thought Justin Fields responded really well. I think there were certainly some moments to improve on throughout the game. But I love the fact that we saw some of that attack mode there. He thought, I thought, that there was going to be a flag there late in the first half where it looked like Green Bay had jumped off sides. Apparently, the officials didn't think so. But he's thinking, I got a free play. Let me take my shot. There's an awareness that's there. I mean, would you rather, yeah, see a flag out the corner of your eye 
Sure, Tough whatever. Ones. But, Tough yeah, that, that's asking a lot. But even to your point, Big Ant, when they scored in the second half, remember the touchdown got called back by Khalil yeah. Herbert. And they're in first and 20. Yep. And this young man overcomes it. Five you know, out of five point. on that yep. drive. Five out of five, 60 yards, and eventually throws the touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney. So I don't know why I leave oddly. I don't know. It, it was the fifth straight loss in a row to the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers says what he says. Uh, you know, that had me sweating. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he says that. Uh, uh, some of it's because you're right, and you just hate the fact. But anyway, uh, but you, I left. I don't know about you, but I left optimistic. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I thought they showed a lot. And mm-hmm. and with as much youth as was on the field, on the O-line, your third, maybe even fourth team running back, mm-hmm. your rookie QB, there, there's a lot that showed up out there. It only meant 14 points, mm-hmm. but right now, this, this isn't the end of the road for a lot of the guys on the field that were on the field taking on the Packers today at Soldier Field. So there's a lot to be Schedule encouraged about. Schedule is tough coming up. It man. is. This Might defense they're about to see. Mm. Salty. Vita Vail, Pierre Paul, Barrett. Some dudes. <laughs> they are dudes, not messing man. around up there. Yeah. Our thanks to Brandon Fryer. My thanks to the great Olin Krutz. I'm Anthony Heron. This has been the Post Post Show. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Seattle Seahawks coming up right now on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 